dreams. We all have them, whether wild or wacky, recurring, nightmares, or exciting, or highly sexual. We all have dreams. But how often do you pay attention to your dream? How often do you legitimize it? How often do you share it? And did you know that dreams are a huge, huge, rich source of connection with your psyche, with the psyche? That's why this week, it was an absolute pleasure to talk to Debbie Ford, who's a psychotherapist who specializes in dream therapy. Debbie explained just exactly what dreams are and how, what they are in relation to the psyche and, and, and gave us a rough idea of the underlying, underlying dynamics of how they work and how, just how beautifully subjective they are. She also gave an insight into, into how she goes about doing therapy and gave some wonderful examples just to really set some context of how we can begin to interpret and work with dreams. We also had a great discussion on a bigger level of how what she's beginning to see across dreams at this time in a COVID period, highly disrupted period. This is a truly subtle, beautiful, yet really powerful conversation with a lady who's really amazing at holding space for something that we so often sweep over or, or put to one side. And she explains why our egos do that. So I'm sure you'll enjoy Debbie. Hello and welcome back to WA Real. I'm your host, Bryn Edwards. Today I have the great pleasure of talking to Debbie Ford. Debbie, <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank you, hi Bryn. Super, um, and thank you very much for giving me some time and, and sitting here in your wonderful home. <laughs> pleasure. <laughs> so um, I was really keen to talk to you because I wanted to continue what has been almost like this nice rich thread of inquiry into the the deeper dives into psyche and I particularly wanted to talk to you because of your work um, with dreams as a psychotherapist. Yes. So um, I guess the first real question I have for you is, um, well let's start at the start, what are dreams <laughs> <laughs> and, and why do we dream? I've spoken to a sleep expert before yes. and so she talked about the whole REM yes, function and looked at absolutely. it from a very technical mm -hmm. point of mm -hmm. view but from your psychotherapy deeper psychodynamic point of view yes. what, what what are dreams well dreams for me as a psychotherapist are such a gift mm. they're a gift from psyche because when a client comes to see me i often say to them for the before their first appointment oh do you dream just out of interest and they'll say Oh no, no, I haven't dreamt for years. So we make the appointment and they come in mm. and we're talking and, you know, just getting to know each other. And then all of a sudden the client will say, oh my God, I had a dream last night. And it's like, thank you. And then we get some real material from mm. Psyche. Right. So it's, the dream is like a message and it is a, a message that is mysterious. Mm. It is definitely mysterious because we have an ego that says, I don't want to be connected to this inner world, this psyche, yeah. this stuff that's unconscious yeah. to me because I'm the ego. I am who I think I am and I'm showing the world who I am. Yes. And, and I'm, I'm not interested in this message. 
Now, sometimes the message will be like a nightmare. It'll be recurring. It'll be really significant. It's so significant that Psyche is really making sure that the client or the person, the dreamer, gets the message. Mm. But we have this ego that's going, not interested. So repression comes in. Right. And the ego does what it does best, really, is repress. So we have, we get into this cycle. So that's the joy of coming to therapy, is that I'm kind of, well, the therapist, the psychotherapist, especially where I'm psychoanalytically trained. Mm -hmm. So, you know, our, his, our training is Freud and Jung. Mm -hmm. So we are like the translators. So we, we work with our intuition, we work cognitively, we work symbolically. Mm. So we work with everything, but the most important thing we work with is the client. So the, they come with this rich, hidden information yes. that they have no idea about. They don't understand what this means. Sometimes Psyche will give them a really basic mm. Oh, oh, I get that. And it's so basic that, yeah, you got that. That's awesome. But mostly it is, it is more cryptic. It's more, mm. it's metaphor. It's a different language to our everyday language because the unconscious needs to trick the ego from doing its job. Right. Does that make sense? It does. I suppose just to clarify for yes, somebody who's... Yep come into this conversation yes, yep. because they've seen the title. Oh, dreams. <laughs> dreams, that yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Um, I mentioned the word psyche. For you, when we say, you know, these are messages from psyche, yes. what, what are we actually meaning there? Are we talking individual consciousness or are we going even deeper that okay. into the world of collective yes, unconscious? Yes, both, right. absolutely both. So psyche, that we call psyche, is our unconscious, yes. which is the part of us that we have no access to other than through our dreams and through our language. Occasionally we might make a slip, as Freud would say, a Freudian slip, and there's a little message in that. But so we have a personal unconscious, which is our own story, our own internal narrative. Yes. But we also have access to the whole, to the collective. So we have access to everything that is going on mm. unconsciously with it, you know, but with man, yeah. is, it is just amazing because there are major archetypes in the collective unconscious. And it is just, it's fascinating because we can tell when we get a collective dream. And I've had some clients over COVID um, who have had collective archetypal I'm, I'm going to dreams. ask you about okay. this in, in a bit. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, because it's kind of, yeah. it, it is, it, it's intriguing. Yes, and, and mm. one, yeah, that really okay, tips into a question okay, we then. will definitely, we definitely go there. So, so did that answer your yeah, question? Yes, so it's very yes. much this, our unconscious, our, the unknown or unseen parts of ourselves. Yes, that yep. Not just ourselves, but singular, ourselves, plural Absolutely. as well. And I suppose we'll, I'm going to ask you a question a bit about how we differentiate between the two as well. But I guess listening to what you're saying is that is that, that dreams, 
and slips mm -hmm. are a very rich source of connection mm -hmm. to this deeper unknown Absolutely. world. And that I suppose one of the one of the really um, the best adjective I can come up with at the moment is one of the most beautiful things about what you do is that you're actually holding space for something that can so easily be just like, oh, I had a weird dream last night, mm. or mm -hmm. oh, I had a dream I didn't really like. Yes. And then that's probably as much thought as mm. most people will mm -hmm. give their dreams. Yes, yep. And I guess listening to what you're saying about there's this almost tension between the ego of mm -hmm. I got sent to stage, yeah. I'm the person, I, I'm the function of this person yes, that's running yep. the show and out on the yes, stage yep. and this, that and the other. Yep. Um, that you know, there's, there's this rich internal world, mm -hmm. and it's it's bridging a gap between mm. the two of them. It is, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Which could only lead, as we found in previous podcasts, to you know greater integration mm. of our yes. total self. Yes, and and that's kind of that is that is psyche's goal. Is this um, unconscious? drive for wholeness mm. so it, for wholeness to happen that includes our conscious self and our very large unconscious self yes so but because there's the tension between what we're conscious of which is a teeny teeny amount and this massive unconscious there's this drive within psyche to balance mm. so that this tension of opposites and the tension between consciousness and unconsciousness. Yes, opposite. Yes, well, yes, yes, it is. So, it, it it the dream helps to to regulate this. Yes. So for people who don't get this message, so just for ordinary dreamers, yeah, it's it's that's why keeping just keeping a dream journal or even talking about your dream doesn't have to be to a therapist, but just just giving voice to yeah. it legitimize it. yes yeah. yes oh wow i don't know what that was about but hey last night i dreamt that whatever hmm. and i guess the more the more like i said the the ego takes center stage mm -hmm. and 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 is quick to pass off these dreams and messages mm -hmm. i suppose hence why dreams will become more and more and more vivid to somebody if, yes. if they're not necessarily picking up what Psyche's putting yes, down. Yes, yes. And Psyche will, if it's really important, which generally yeah. it is, Psyche will find another way. Mm. So, and sometimes, you know, Psyche has a bit of a sense of humour. I remember a client once who, oh, if I mention clients, the only client material I will use are from clients long ago. Yeah. And also, the, and those clients have given me permission to use G their dream material. Yeah, generically so, and, yes, and anonymously. Yes, and change their yes. details. But So nobody out there is thinking no. that. You know, oh, that sounds like my come dream. And, come and chat to Debbie <laughs> and then she's going to tell the world. Yeah, no, no, no. No, no that's Crystal. Yeah. Yes. So, so one, this client long ago, um, the first dream was, was too, too mysterious for her to get. And she had so many defenses in place but the next dream which woke her up with such a start was this giraffe just a, a symbolic giraffe that had his head caught and it was like it was in a big fence and it was in a jungle and it was and she woke up terribly stressed because this poor 
giraffe mm. was struck by and stuck by being by being not free so we talked about her associations because that's what we do as therapists. Yes. This is this is the client's dream. It's not my associations, it's the client's associations. So her associations were immediately well it's stuck and it's black and white, you know, it's black and white. Giraffes are black and white. And it's like, ah, oh, yeah. So wonder what does that what does that mean to you, black and white? And she goes, well, I've always been told that I have no grey in my life, that it's black or white. And I said, right. so how does that work for you, being black and white? And she said, well, that's why I'm here. I'm stuck. So it was like, thank you, psyche. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So simple. But the first dream Psyche gave us was so difficult and so complicated that she couldn't see that. Her ego was so defended and so clever yeah. at making sure that she didn't get this. But it was fine because once we recognised that she was stuck and we needed to yeah. talk about her fear of the grey, which is the unknown, which is where the, that's our unconscious, where the ego doesn't want to go. So we it was like this beautiful message mm. of, of exactly why she was there. I think one of the... Because I read a couple of um, books about dreams yep. quite, a, quite a while ago when, when I first came across the work of... Well, when I first properly deep dive and felt drawn to deep yes, dive into yep. the world of Carl Jung and, yes. and, and, and working with the unconscious and the psychic. Mm -hmm. I think one of the first points, I just want to clarify yes, that yep. with you, it, that, I, that, that I got across, and it's, it sounds really simple, but it's really, really important, is that psyche doesn't necessarily talk in terms of thou shalt do this. No. It comes up with symbols mm -hmm. and, 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 and like situations mm -hmm. which are personally, personally, relevant mm -hmm. to the individual so they're so very subjective yes, yep. hence why going on google and going oh <laughs> i had a dream of a black raven yes, what does that mean me, black yes. raven means we death were, in the yeah, family yeah, yeah. shit yep. someone's yes, gonna die in the family right. yep. no no um and it's, and it's really really important and i guess um i'm sure my mum and dad won't mind me yeah. um sharing this story <laughs> yeah. um because they listen to this and i often get phone calls from them and go why, why did you but this will make this will make you laugh, um, and and it and it saved it, it saved a morning. So my parents live in the UK, and they came across several years, and we were we were on a road trip, and we were sort of stopping on a campsite, living in close environment, the three of us. And one morning, Mum woke up. She was in a very strange mood, and she was being very funny with that. Mm -hmm. And and we were still in that sort of monging around, wearing pajamas, having a cup yes. of tea state. And I looked at her and went, "What's up?" And she goes, well, I've had this vivid dream and I was at this function with your dad and then your dad suddenly started talking to this woman and then I realised your dad and this woman were having an affair and then they talked to me and then they were saying they were going and then they just left. Mm -hmm. And she was being really funny mm, with that. Paranoid. <laughs> and, and, and all dad had done was woke up that morning mm -hmm. yep. and yet he had dream cheated on mum. Right? Yes. 
Luckily, I'd read this book, mm -hmm. uh, a couple of books beforehand, and I said, well, look, mum, you've got to double back out of this, yeah. right? It's not dad himself. No. What does dad represent to you? What was going on with this other woman? What was the dynamics of what was going on? Yep. And she suddenly went, oh. Fast forward to tea, like later in the afternoon, and she went for a long walk yes, along the beach yep. and asked herself these questions. Yep. Came back and suddenly went, I've worked it out. Yes. Like, and, and he goes, it's, it's this, this, and this. Yes, yep. And, uh, and I was like, wow. And then yep. dad looked at me and went, thank you very much. Yes, yep. <laughs> he was yes. in trouble for He's, doing yes. nothing. Phew. But, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a fun little anecdote. Mm. But the point is, is that, is that, going back to my point, Psyche doesn't necessarily talk in no. like specific no. language, thou shalt do no. this. No. It is up to you to do the work to build that relationship and unpick mm. mm -hmm. the meaning. Mm -hmm. yep. That is correct, yes. isn't it? It is correct, but that's where we have the challenge because of the ego. Right. The ego is like the conductor of the orchestra. You know, Ego's deciding, yes, I'm gonna I like that. And anything that is imperfect or the, that the ego does it is not impressed with, oh no, we just repress that, we'll get rid of that. Yeah. Yes. So yes, yeah, so the, the language that will come up will be and it will be different. It won't be our language. So it's metaphor, it's it's myth. It is language about, like with your mum, it's about the masculine and the feminine in her case because it's showing us that her internal masculine and feminine, that animal, anima and animus, mm. so in the feminine that's the animus, that's the, in her internal masculine. So we have an imbalance because the, the, the masculine in, in her is getting a bit powerful and the feminine is getting a bit needy. So there's this, mm. so dad's cheating on mum. Well, it's her internal masculine that is not actually content to just bring forth all the fantastic things that the masculine can bring. You know, the masculine for all of us, you as a man, but for me as a woman, my internal masculine, it helps me make decisions, it helps, it's linear and logical and um, problem solving. Fantastic to have a language and a dialogue with your internal contrasexual figure. Mm. So there was something going on within mum that was just slightly out of balance because the masculine was a bit needy, a bit a bit wanting a bit right. more power, a bit more control. Yes, because it, drawing you know, attention to it. Yes, and yeah. unfaithfulness is always about control. So it's, you know, mm. so we, so, so do you see, mum will have found yeah. her way of dealing with it. Dad's like, fuel, I'm off the hook. Yeah, that yeah. was close. I yeah. did nothing. because doing like, nothing other than yeah, just, waking up. <laughs> yes, that's right. So, so, you know, our, our normal response is to project our ego's interpretation onto dad and say, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. So poor dad, he cops it. But it's actually the dream is mostly about, it's mostly subjective, not objective. Mm. So I guess the, it's interesting because, and like I said, we'll come into this a bit. Um, you've mentioned things like animus and animus. Yeah. 
So I imagine within dream therapy, there's mm-hmm. this balance between finding out what is the subjective meaning, mm-hmm. yet also looking for these archetypal structures mm-hmm. that are at play mm-hmm. in the dreams. Mm-hmm. Is that yes, correct? Yes, it is correct, yes. So the working out what the subjective meaning, I imagine, would be can sort of continue gentle questioning of, so what does that mean yes, for you? And yes, yes. Has, has there been a time when a giraffe has turned up in your life? Yes, And, and what yes, was that situation? Yes, and what yeah. does that represent to sure. you? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, but thinking of that, the language with the masculine and the feminine, when it comes as an, as an archetype, it's a bit like when shadow comes into our dream. It's very, it's very connected to emotionality. So we can, when we have a dream about shadow, about, you know, that is about what the ego has well repressed. Yep. And we, you know, we learn to repress yep. from we little, right from our, we are. And it's, it just comes from, um, you know, as Robert Bly beautifully says, you know, we start from being little tiny babies to little children. And whenever mum and dad go, oh, I don't like that. That's naughty. Don't do that. Oh, that gets put in the little invisible bag that the little child starts carrying around. Yes. So we have this, we learn when we, when people, you know, are displeased with us, we go, oh, we can't do that. You know, so we post it into our little yeah, yeah, invisible yeah. bag. We start to delineate. Yes, yep. So, and I, you know, I remember my first dream that I was aware of as shadow. I was like, oh, that's horrible. Mm. You know, but when you get to know your shadow, it's fantastic. Because mm. you, you expand a bit. Yes. Yes, because, you know. Yes, I guess... Um, as I've come to experientially learn that it's not so much a place to be feared, but a place that's just not had light shine upon it. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And it's and we all have shadow. And the challenge is to get to know our own shadow rather than to project it. Because if we think of collectively, we've just had this Black Lives Matter ex- global experience of this projection of shadow. Hmm. So we've found something to project it onto. And and that's got a hook. It's got a hook and in we go. Yes. And in globally, it's a nice little example of the collective unconscious. Hmm. Hmm. Nice little example. Yes. <laughs> yes, and not so nice. And not so nice. No, but, but a, it's just a, an example. But well, it, it is nice. Well, yeah. Whole, depending on the level yes, you want to look yes, at it. If you're yes, in it, it's not. Yes, no. But it's necessary. It is, and it's bringing about change. Yes. Which is wonderful. Hmm. So within that balance of there is the subjective exploration of the meaning, yep. yet there are archetypal structures. So yep. you've now introduced shadow yes. and, and animus and anima. What are, are there sort of, how do I put it? Whilst not wanting to go straight to the example I gave you, like mm-hmm. Black Raven and yes, in, yes, in, yes, in yes, Google, yes, yep. Are there sort of characteristics of the various 
archetypes that play out that you that you can sort of share from your knowledge so you sort mm -hmm. of go this sort of dream may well be your shadow this sort of thing might mm -hmm. characteristic might be your animus or right well out. um without yes and, we, and like i said i'm really delicate to not turn this into debbie says yes yes but yep. at the, so we've caveated that yes we have yes thank you but at the same time mm -hmm. given your experience of doing this over many many mm -hmm. years Surely there are certain things you start to see. There are coach. certain things you start to see. And, um, and as a therapist, I have to be really careful that I don't get too excited about, mm. oh, oh, yes, I know, I know what that is. That's your shadow. Yeah. And because, because that's not helpful, mm. because it's most impo important for the client to actually come to their own meaning and mm. hence consciousness but as a little guide that light you know shines the light in the darkness there are certain like if we if we stick with shadow mm. there are certain um occurrences like for for my shadow it was a woman so it's the same gender as me and it's usually a person of opposite colouring. So in my shadow, my my woman was brunette. So right. she was a brown head woman. Um, so the it's, it's it shadows usually are same gender. Mm. But the see the shadow can also come in the form of an animal. Yeah. Um, yeah so that's fascinating mm. um, because. Animals are instinctual, and mm. so so we we can get. I suppose we suppress many instinctual. We urges. do, yes, we do, and um, yeah. So 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 dreaming of an animal, I immediately go to that. What Google would probably say, I've never Googled it, mm. but animals are fairly instinctual, loyal. So mm. I will have those. I'll hold those associations in my have mind. A, a collective sort yes. of feeling. Definitely. For it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, um, and a myth. I'm just thinking now of when we, when the, um, when psyche gives us a myth in our dream, there will be. Big emotionality. It's a little bit like meeting shadow. It's a little bit like um, a major archetype, because it is a major archetype. Mm. But it's psyche's way of saying, "You've really got to get this. I'm really going to make sure you get this. This is going to make your life yeah. so much better." I've got to make this as powerful as possible. Absolutely, and it brings to mind a dream of of one of my clients many years ago. And in her dream, I won't give you the whole dream, but the significant part of the dream was that she was in this, in this two-story house and upstairs was this very fragile um, cello player, a beautiful mm. red-headed, white-skinned cello player, thin and elegant and delicate. In that room next door to this cello player was Elizabeth Jolly, 
this West Australian writer who unfortunately is no longer with us, but she was in the room yeah. next door. And this, my, the dreamer, she's like, she's, she's neither of those women, but she's both of those women. So she's, she's watching this play out. And then all of a sudden on the balcony, there's French doors out to the balcony. She hears this noise. Both women ignore this noise. They're just completely absorbed in their world. And there is this beautiful male bird figure covered in white feathers and he's bashing the door the french doors let me in he's not saying that but that's what he's wanting he's wanting to get into psyche right and this woke the dreamer up and luckily she had it the night before we'd actually been working together weekly and we'd had some some significant dreams but nothing that was getting to the actual issue mm. and so she came into therapy oh my god i've had this strange nightmare oh i feel so scared there's this bird-like man trying to get in and so we talked around it and i was able to show her off the shelf i found this book that had eros yes. a picture of eros that she looks and goes, oh man, that's, yeah, that's like, that's like the, what was at my door. And it's like, well, how would that be to open the door and let Eros in? Mm. How would it be if we welcomed the masculine into this world where the feminine, one part's too fragile, one part is so engrossed in, in writing and her own narrative, how would that be? So we did some work on welcoming Eros in because the first reason she came to therapy was that she was lonely. She was a lawyer, a busy, mm. a busy woman, very much engaged in, in writing and very much embodying the Elizabeth Jolly's part of herself. The fragile part was definitely repressed but there was this mythological figure. You know, Eros is the life drive, it's love, it's, you know, and it's masculine. Her psyche up until this point, she's been uninvolved or unaware of the masculine. Mm. So this was life changing for this girl through an archetypal myth of Eros. Wow. It was joyful, it was so joyful. And it was, you know, it's one of those moments as a therapist where you go, thank you, Psyche. That is, you know, Psyche wants to heal. Psyche wants for us to balance. Yes. And it's just so joyful when you see the client go, oh, I get it. Okay. Yeah. This, this is my dream. This is part of my unconscious. Mm. And now it's coming up to my consciousness. Yes. It's such a gift. And I'm connected to that. Absolutely. And it is benevolent. Yep. Yep. And even what's below that collectively. Yes. Yep. Is benevolent yes. as well. Yep. And how benevolent is love and how important is love for self, love for other, you know, love for something bigger than us. Hmm. It is, it's, it's a, an ingredient that we can all have access to. 
Mm. And if we did, it would be a much happier world. Yeah, it's it's beautiful listening to that, mm. and it, it reconfirms and I refeel that part of why I find exploring this so important in the in this podcast is yes. is, is that there is this untapped great wealth forever benevolent force mm -hmm. that wants to work with us and stop us from feeling mm. so isolated separated yes. and, yep. and and making life so difficult mm. absolutely and it's not that you know we're trying to say well don't suffer because the growth comes from suffering but it's it's like but you know we're meant to be in relationship and if we can if we can just by getting in touch with our internal world when we're less isolated mm. yeah mm. in a world that's been dominated by the sort of post-enlightenment mm -hmm. rationalization mm -hmm. of science and, and yes. measuring things yes. which has been awesome yes has. you know you know i i had an operation just last two weeks ago on my wrist mm -hmm. and, and that's thanks to medicine. And yes, it is. Yep. And it's not necessarily throwing that out, but it's also reintroducing and reincorporating yes. our relationship with our interior. Yes. And it's our relationship with our physical body as well, because mm. the, you know, they're all intertwined. Mm. If, you know, psyche and soma, we're all, we're all one. Yes. And, you know, even our bodily language, sometimes dreams will give us um, messages about what we're doing wrong in our body. I once had a dream, I had the same dream twice. The first time I dreamt it, I, it was before I'd started studying psychotherapy. Mm. It occurred just before midlife, so, you know, sort of quite early on. And in the dream, it was an epic, a long dream, but I had an experience that I didn't know was of self. So in, there was a central When you say of self. Of self. Do you of, mean? Of my, my inner unconscious. Yes. Part of the collective. So that's part capital of the, T, capital S. Yes, part self. of my my own internal conscious, unconscious yes. self, so personal and collective, in this wise old man in white robes was giving me this book to read. And it was this heavy book and I was so in awe of seeing this wise man. Oh my God, I'm having a visitation from this beautiful wise man. And he shows me this book and I looked it's like oh, I can't read it it's all written in Sanskrit and I was like oh and I wake up so sad because I know I'm so close to something but it's mm. I, I can't I can't decipher it I can't get the code of what this means I have no idea so I I don't think about the dream again and then when I'm probably in about my fourth or fifth year of studying psychotherapy, 
I have the dream again. And the wise man appears again, once again in an epic, a long, laborious dream. And I'm traveling and, and he appears. This white old head man, he's, he looks sort of Indian. It's the same man in his white robes. And he's holding the book and I'm like, oh my God, am I going to get it? And I get it and I'm so, oh, and I look and it's written, I can read it. And it says, if you let go, heaven will be yours. And I wake up like, man, if I let go, heaven will be mine. What does that mean? What am I holding on to? I'm not holding on to anything. I'm yeah. in my own training analysis. I've yeah. done all these years of study. I'm, I'm like, I, what am I holding on to? Mm. But there was something I was holding on to in my body that I was not really conscious of. Mm. But it gave me a, a clue to start to look inwards, not just at this wise man, which who was part of me listening to my masculine wisdom, but heaven could be mine. I mean, man, heaven on earth, there can't be better than that. So it was an amazing dream. Mm. And that, that was archetypal. Mm was an experience of self fleeting because what happens is you wake up and then the ego comes in and goes well now I must you know I'm now started my practice I'm like a fifth year you know I'm I'm kind of out there and I'm still you know doing the doing the study and whatever so the ego comes in and goes well that wasn't that great you know <laughs> You know, you know, you know, it's not, it's not that good, you know. Ego doesn't want me to run with this. Mm. There's part of me that has just experienced something really deep within myself. Ego doesn't want to go there. No. No. Pass it off. Pass it off. So it took many years. It actually took me to physically get ill mm. when I realised that I, if I didn't if I didn't learn to let go, then I wasn't going to get what I got out of having breast cancer, mm. which has been an amazing journey. But it's, it is to get in touch with that gratitude and also the, that significant message that we're just a spiritual being in a human body. You know, the body is just the body. You know, there we're something else. Mm. So I learned to let go really, really, because I had to. Mm. A year of chemo, you don't just, if hold you on. don't let go, if you hold on to that, man, you know, I don't think you're going to make it. Mm. Mm. And what was it you had to have to let go of? Fear. Right. Absolute fear. Of? Oh. Was of, just no, no, no. It was fear of fear of 
the masculine outside of myself. I had projected that fear onto, onto men. And because I had a scary dad, beautiful father, but kind of scary, came back from the Second World War, having been a bomber pilot and used to bombing. Mm. Um, and I hadn't actually got to work and understand, work with and know my own masculine because I was afraid of that. So, and it was through dreams that my masculine, I really, really got it then because I had this fantastic dream. Is this, is this on track here? Yeah. Am I going off? Okay. No, no, no. no, no, no. So another recurring, everything's on track, everything's on, on on track. <laughs> and absolutely, and psyche's always on track by being off track. This is what I'm learning through doing this. Yes, podcast. absolutely. So that was your ego then, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm getting the hang of it. Yeah. So my first time I dreamt of the masculine was about the same time I couldn't, the same time as I had the dream of the wise man holding me the book, the wise book that I couldn't read. Mm. At that same time, I had this dream where I was searching for this man. And in the dream, it was my partner. So I'm searching and searching and I go into this room and there he is and I'm, I call out to him, oh, there you are, stand up. And I look at him and he's a dwarf. Now my partner wasn't a dwarf, he was a tall, handsome man. He was a dwarf in my dream and I woke up and it's like, oh, that's so sad. Ah, oh, my husband's a dwarf. Oh, well, that's pre, that's pre-psychotherapy. So I don't really do anything with that dream. But because you're literally interpreting this. Absolutely. Story. And I am thinking it's about him. Well, yes, you know, we're having struggles at the moment. Of course, he's, you know, he's not standing up. I want him to stand up. He's letting me down. So I'm projecting it all onto him. So later, when I have this dream, the relationship is actually, it's petered out. It's in the last, taking its last breath. I have this dream where I'm going on this journey and I'm at the airport. And in fact, I'm going off to America and in the dream, there's this man that's coming to meet me. He's going to travel with me. And he's a teacher. He is, he's all these things that I've made up in my mind that this, this man is. Hmm. And there he is. And we're at the airport and I can see him and I'm waving to him. And once again, I say to him, stand up. He's a dwarf. And it's like, what the fuck? Excuse me. That's fine. Oh, he's a dwarf. The dwarf's come back. And it's my masculine. I know when I wake up, oh my God, 
it's not about the other. This is about my masculine. This is now about me. I don't need to be afraid. I just need to understand that, that I have kept my masculine dwarfed. I've kept him little mm. because it's been easier to let the masculine in relationship carry that because I'm good at the feminine. I'm really good at nurturing and being intuitive and, you know, creative. I'm good at all that. But do I have permission to be strong and in touch with my masculine? No. No. But I have now because yeah. I've now got it. I've now, when I've woken up, I've gone, okay, I get this. I really get this. Mm. So that's an example of this imbalance of our internal contrasexual figures and how big it takes a, a dream to make you get it and how sometimes it takes like both those examples I've had the dream twice now you know I'm a little bit slow but it's mm. I've I'm got sure it. people out there have had it four or five times <laughs> <laughs> well a lot of people have had recurring nightmares mm. psyche will keep recurring will keep giving you in a different form the message until you get it. Mm. Now, Psyche knew I was close with both these because he gave, he, Psyche gave me wisdom in a book, masculinity in a, in a, in a dwarf, and me asking him to stand up, mm. stand up. And I'm thinking it's about the other. It's actually not about the other. It's about me. What a gift. Which goes back to yes. demonstrating one of the things I asked you to clarify yes. right at the start. Yes. That this is all very symbolic and personal. <laughs> personal meaning. And, totally. And, and not to be projecting. A... No, no. And not to Google what does the dwarf mean. Yes. Because I'm sure, I mean, I've never Googled it, but I'm sure that there's some, some weird explanation. Oh, yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah. But for, for my story, it's about the use of the word dwarf, mm. dwarfed. And then what that, con what that constant construct or schema yep. actually means for Debbie. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It must have, um, when you started your psychotherapy training, yes. yep. was it with the intent of going into dreams? No, not at all. So that must have been quite... A turn quite a thing because yep. I imagine even within the world of you know providing therapy psychotherapy yep. you know staying in the world of CBT and yep. things like that yep. nice safe mm -hmm. easy ground mm -hmm. people know about that yes they do everyone's cool including clients yes as yes. well yep and potential clients but to go to dreams mm -hmm start to go down to the depths that we're talking about mm -hmm. now sort of depths that i've been exploring now that well now we're into mm. scary shit we are um we're into the world of of, of jung and freud mm -hmm. which means we've got to read some heavy books mm -hmm. we've got to, you know hold concentration and mm. read very engaging mm -hmm. sentences and paragraphs mm -hmm. to understand nuance mm -hmm. It's not reduced. No. It's very nuanced. It's 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 
yeah, it's very, very fine. It is. Very subtle. Mm. So, um, what made you go from almost like the clear cut aspects mm -hmm. of the world of psychotherapy mm -hmm. to the, no, we're going to go into dreams? Well, it, that's a big. It's, yes. But yeah. you see, I still do the other. Yeah. If people. But Psyche always gives us dreams, so it's yeah. kind of, you know... I love it how you say, Psyche did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Psyche does. Um, yeah, I know I certainly had no intention at the beginning um, of working with dreams. And I'd had, I'd had my own therapy before I started studying, because it was mm. out of my own therapy that I realised that... And, and my dream, the therapist I saw, we didn't actually do dream work. Mm. You know, she was a psychodynamic, PhD, CBT, and just what I needed at that time yes. to make sense of my life. Yes. That was great. But then I get knew... Get this layer sorted yes, get before that, we start exactly. going into the next layer. The yes. Next layer. But once I started to look into this, the unconscious... Mm wow this is something else this is where i want to dwell i want to go yeah where 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 we don't dwell yes so it was clear to me once i started my practice and i'd worked out the ingredients of of how to do this which took a little while mm. because i started out with with desire i started out wanting my clients to get better I st which I always do I love my clients yeah, yeah, yeah. but I I wanted to give them the answer mm. oh I know what this is you know? oh yeah oh yeah oh, yeah yeah, yeah. I, I know. so you can play out so you can play out the savior archetype yes yeah so I don't want to do that no so it takes me a little while to get that and then mm. when I get it it's like okay okay I can want another example of letting go just sit with, oh. just be with, just trust. Mm. And Psyche will do the rest. It's interesting you say that. It's almost like the little journey I've gone on with the podcast where yes, in yep. the first 10, 20, 30, 40 episodes, yes, I, I yep. knew what I wanted uh -huh. it to go like and sound like Ooh. and this, that and the other. Ooh. And then after a period of time, you just yep. let go. And it's yes. like, yep. you know, as most people know, I've got a Yes, Mind yep, that, but yes. after that, mm -hmm. we'll go where Psyche goes. Yes, yep, absolutely. And Psyche won't come, really, I don't think, until you're ready. It, it sounds bizarre, yeah. but... and it's safe. And it's safe. Um, it's a little bit like seeing clients that have, have trauma in their story. And a lot of clients mm. have, you know, most of us have experienced some sort of trauma. Yeah. But serious trauma... It takes, it takes the relationship to develop before Psyche will actually start to allow us to work mm. with actually what happens in trauma, which is about splitting. So this is, it's the relationship that contains and allows the two of us to get in sync, just like a, the mother and the infant get in sync in the dyad. Mm. We get mm. to to be able to be safe in that holding. Yes. And be good enough. That's one of the things I learned in my training is that you just have to be good enough. You know, you don't have to be 
the best. You don't have to be like like for me to say, oh, well, I get this. I know what this is about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at me, look at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's actually not about me at all. Mm. But it takes a while to get to trust that. And that comes from myself, from my own inner world, but it also comes within the the dynamic of the two of us mm. and our psyches meeting. Do you ever get the sense, whether you probably know or not, is up for debate, mm -hmm. do you ever get the sense sometimes when you're working with a client and they're, and they're diving into this rich material mm -hmm. that's been provided by Psyche and and, and, and it's, I can imagine there'll be times when almost like the defenses just start to peel away and peel away and peel mm -hmm. away as you get closer and closer and closer to the yes. truth. Yep. Do you ever get the sense that you are actually listening directly to Psyche mm -hmm. at times and you almost feel mm -hmm. it? Does that make sense? It does. And there are times when I'm really aware of that and it's funny because I, my first career was a nurse. Yes, I know what yeah. you're saying. My first career was a nurse. So I trained as a children's nurse and I was a registered nurse for 10 years. So whether that prepared me or not, but I used to get quite, I have over the years had mm. a lot of clients that come to therapy to see me because they're dying. Now, I don't know whether that's because I have sat with people and nursed people who actually do die before I was a therapist. Mm. But then as a therapist, I, I started to get clients being referred in who were diagnosed with illness and who came because they were dying. With those clients, we always work with the dream. And I can tell you that the closer we get to death, the more direct I'm working with Psyche. Because mm, the stories and bullshit of life. It all just, just peels, peels away. It totally does, Bryn. It peels away. Mm. And uh, and the, the spirit is already starting to move. So the spirit's already starting to make its next crossing, its next journey. Right. And because I... That doesn't frighten me because I've been a nurse mm. and now because I've had breast cancer and I've been there, I've been afraid that I was going to die. I'm not afraid of that anymore. Mm. But even before my, my breast cancer, I wasn't, when these clients would come in, I was not afraid. Something about the authentic, authenticity of psyche and the connection, that deep connection of my internal world with the client's internal world, because all this other stuff is gone now, all this ego stuff quickly gets... All the clay mammas that's been constructed. Absolutely. Is now... Yep. Wow. So we're getting right down to what really, really matters. Mm. And it is such, it's such an honour to sit with people who trust me to guide them through the last months of their life 
and I use whatever I intuitively feel Psyche wants. Often it's a like a just a Buddhist type meditation of allowing ourselves to follow the light, mm. practicing following the light, and allowing ourselves to let go of our physical being, and trusting that if you follow the light, well, heaven will be yours. Yeah. Now, that is such a gift to be able to do that with people. Mm. I can't tell you, it nearly makes me moved because it has mm. just been astounding. Mm. And it's the power of psyche because one client... I suppose there's almost like a, <sighs> an inner gauge in a compass physically mm -hmm. within you that now feels oh, that. Oh, absolutely. So when you get glimpses of it with clients, because you dial back from the close to death experience yes. uh, happening, not yep. experience. Yes, it's not no, an experience, no, it's, it's, no, happening. it's a happening. Um, it takes a pretty special concoction of events to actually get people to drop all those defenses mm -hmm. earlier than that. Yeah near-death experience, end of relationship, mm -hmm. end of job, mm -hmm. something yep. really big, big. Or, or, mm -hmm. or the realisation that a story you've been telling yourself has come to an end. Mm. Um, you know, I often say, what is it called, WA Real? There's nothing more real than an ending. <laughs> no. And, and, and we talk about the ending of stories a lot. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so I guess when those little, when that little window opens mm -hmm. up, I suppose you've got quite a physical gauge for it mm, now. I have, yes. And I think I've kind of always had always it. had it. I mm. remember having it as a nurse. So I kind of, mm. yeah. But the joyful thing is that the dreams of these clients is all about how they're disconnecting from their body. Mm. And they start to dream of observing themselves outside of their body. So that's when we know that crossing's getting really close now. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And the power, one more comment on this. Yeah. The power of the mind and the body. This one client I'm thinking of, he was in hospital. We had a session the day before he crossed over. He said to me, I, I know when I'm going to die. I don't want my my wife and my little boy to be here. He said, I'm gonna I'm gonna cross over when she goes to pick him up. It's the only window I have. Well when his wife rang me, I said, Oh, what time did he die? Oh, she said it was about I don't know, she said about quarter to three, five to three. Then it's gone top. And I said, oh, I said, that man, what, what a gift for you. And she said, what do you mean? And I said, he didn't want you to suffer anymore. He didn't want you to be there when he crossed over. <gasps> Joy. How kind. He was the most beautiful man. But how kind and how incredible that psyche and the physical body, how they're linked to be able to do that to let go and do it for another. Mm. I mean, it's, what a capacity. Wow. 
Yeah, so beautiful. Hmm. Hmm. And see why I love being a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> Hugely. <laughs> Going back to um, something we touched on earlier on. Yeah. Um, right at the start is if we sort of come out of the individual analysis that you do and now we start to look at it almost at a meta level yep. across what you're seeing across clients. Yeah. Um, I always find this fascinating. Mm-hmm. I always find this fascinating question to ask uh, anyone who provides any sort of service or therapy mm-hmm. or, or offering to yep. others. It's quite interesting to see if they have an answer mm-hmm. for this, whether they think about it or not. But... Um, are there similarities or are there not in content but possibly messages Mm -hmm. that you are starting to experience because if we had had this conversation um probably 12 months ago Mm -hmm. It would have been easy for you to go, yeah, well, you know, maybe this, mm, yes, that, and the other. Yeah. And, and, and anybody who's watching this mm-hmm. would probably go, okay, that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. But we're now, 12, we're, we're now global pandemic, mm-hmm. all this sort of stuff. Mm. You know, these, these traumatic events that yep. are shared and inescapable. Yep. yep. One of the, just as an aside, one of the things I enjoy doing from time to time is asking people, what? oh, tell me about the pandemic. Right. right. <laughs> just. <laughs> Just try and drop mm-hmm. a bit of normality into stuff, but mm-hmm. um, or or disrupt it. So now we have more of this shared experience, mm-hmm. and I get the impression, certainly from speaking to different guests and different people outside of the podcast, that where I would listen to people's stories and they would be on their own individual journeys, it feels more collectively synced mm, up. Definitely. Are there certain things that you're experiencing in? at a meta level of the dream mm. clients and, and the yes. people that you talk to? Yeah. Yeah, nice question, Bryn. Um, one, one of the archetypes that has come into people's dreaming that I've noticed is big at the, has been big over the last mm. sort of nine months is the occurrence of the serpent, the snake in people's dreams. Wow. Now... For me, when I when I think of the serpent, and when I have dreamt of the serpent only once, but it was a, definitely at a time of me shedding my skin, of transformation, of the phallus, of the masculine in me, at a time, I think, I'm amazed at how many clients are giving me dreams that are coming, I think, collectively. Mm. And to me, they offer hope. But I don't usually share that level with my client. Mm. But in, in, my, in my psyche, I feel, not that I can feel in my psyche. I, I feel from. I feel from. I... I I I think that there is some method in it, not method, but something that we are collectively unconscious of mm. that I think is going to transform us out of this darkness. Mm. 
but maybe we're just still in that maybe maybe it I, yeah but it's such a like that this is the million dollar question but this is what I've noticed you've mm. asked me what I've observed yeah one of the client no he's not a client he's a friend and he won't mind me sharing this he shared that his dream was he had this big brown snake in his garden and it was in the lavender patch i mean how mm. beautiful is that i mean it's the snakes in the lavender patch i mean the dream is very big and that's why he rang me he's like what's going on but just that image of you know the holistic value of lavender you know a whole patch of lavender and there's the brown snake gorgeous mm. but yeah and that that friend is he's definitely in the process of transformation yeah and healing and healing because i sort of pose a similar question or 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 inquired about this at, at this level because I find it interesting to speak to those who deal with more of the depths of yep. psyche, whether there is that meta level of ob mm. observation. Yeah. And you know, for me, this whole conversation has been extraordinarily hopeful. Mm -hmm. Just by actually sitting back and listening to, well, you know, psyche's done this mm -hmm. at an individual yeah. level and this, that, the other. Yep. So. The next level of questioning for me is almost like I'll be seeing this collectively, and and more and more I, you know, speaking to yourself, speaking to Brit yep. several weeks ago, I get the sense that there is. Now this is not this sort of shallow false hope mm -hmm. of no. well, I used to I used to operate out of this persona that's degrading now, so I'm going to bypass my yes. way across the yep, depth work yep. into another persona. Yes, yep. Yep. You know, and we, we've all seen yep. that. You know. Yep, yep. It's very appealing. Yeah, yeah. It's very, yep. very easy, very appealing to do, very quick to do. Yes, you know, excellent. People who've, yeah, there's, there's mm. hundreds of examples of, mm. you know, people like nipping from one persona to yes, another. Yep. But this is actually, oh, no, mm. into the depths. Mm. And then what comes out yep. will be mm -hmm. so beautiful and most likely so required. Because I think at a deep level, well, most people, particularly in Western Australia, have yep. a level of comfort. You know, we're sitting in a lovely house. Most of us know that, that we're not doing it as well as we could. No, do. no, we're not. There's a lot of trauma. There is a lot of um, wounding that we still carry around and play out. Mm -hmm. And those wounds do bleed out across everybody around us, mm -hmm. particularly the ones we love. Yeah, and 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 that. You know, even as groups, we do that and hold group yep. trauma. And probably as a collective, mm -hmm. we hold collective trauma. Yeah. And this is all playing out. And, and it is necessary to drop back into that darkness mm -hmm. in order to move forward, yeah. which is like a real higher order or mm. higher level hope mm. yep. than some sort of, oh, someone's going to come in and mm. save me. Mm -hmm. No, no. No, no. Someone's not going to come no, and save you. No, no. There is a bigger force that will move us from one mm -hmm. place to another, mm. and it will be a tricky ride. Mm. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. But as long as we hold tight and we 
allow ourselves to sit in it. Hold tight to what? To Because we've trust. already talked about let go. Let go. No, we, yes, okay. But we hold, hold tight, tight to letting go. <laughs> to, hold tight to the idea that this is something bigger than us. Mm. So if we allow ourselves to accept yes. that no one's going to rescue us, yes. that we take responsibility for ourselves, yes. and we be assertive. Yep. And then, and I think, sorry, go on. No, 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 no. Um, and I think also there's this transcending the hubris of man. Yes. And recognizing that this change, we're not going to manage it. No. In fact, if anything, it's going to manage us. It is. That's why I'm holding tight, really, because it's kind of, it's, we're going on it. We're, we're not taking ourselves. This is taking us. Yeah. It, it, it's like the proverbial roller coaster. It is. You know, as soon as that bar yep. comes down, and yep. you go, Psh, yep. off you go. Mm-hmm. You ain't controlling it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if somebody's been listening to this and they want to start engaging mm -hmm. with their dreams, yep. short of coming to see you, um, <laughs> what's some of the simple and basic things that they can start to do? Okay. Well, to tap into this to tap in wealth. is first of all to have a dream journal or a little pad by your bed, bedside table, pen. Mm. Uh, before you go to sleep, you say to yourself, just gently, quietly, I'd really like to remember my dream. Mm. And if you say that every night for two weeks, just gently, I'd really like to remember my dream. It sets the, the intention mm. and you'll start to dream. This is if you're not already dreaming. Most people are dreaming. We say They say we have five to six dreams a night. Yes. So it's just a matter of being conscious and scribble down. If you wake up and it's like, oh my God, that I'm dreaming, scribble it down, try and go back to sleep. If not, as soon as you wake up, write it down, date it, give it a title. Don't try and analyze it. Just write it down, yes. just get it out. Capture the salient points. Yep, yep. so go with with what comes up, what the symbols are, what, if there's any movement in the dream, are you running, are you swimming, are you drowning? You know, go with, write down those, write down the people, who are they? You know, is that me? Would I do that? What, if that's me, why am I, why am I drowning? You know, why am I in the ocean? Which is, why am I deep in psyche? Mm. So, so it's just jotting these things down and all of a sudden you, you're kind of cooking. Mm. You know, there's a bit of alchemy happening. happening. Yeah. Yep. And you'll start to get some dreams. Mm. Mm. And that's very exciting. That's awesome. Mm. What have you learned about yourself since working with dreams? No. Oh. <laughs> On a big so much yeah so much um some quite a lot of like i don't really like that so getting to know my shadow's been quite big mm. because i was very good at projecting that you know mm. um so you know, i've learned about suffering rather than causing suffering especially with men Hmm. Um, 
Oh gosh, I've learnt so much. Mm. I've learnt so much. Um, and I'm nowhere near knowing anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so crazy <laughs> about it. It's, it's, it's at how it is. But I'm in process. You know, yeah. the process of individuation is happening. Yeah. As we're all in process. All in it. And we're all seeking, whether we're conscious or not, we're all seeking wholeness. And Psyche's there to help. Mm. Wants to heal us, wants to balance. We've got this unbelievable resource in us, deep within us. Mm. We just have to listen. Wow. The last question I asked my dad. Yeah, yeah, yes. Hypothetical one, but I always find mm -hmm. it particularly interesting. Mm -hmm. Is if you could upload a single question mm -hmm. into the collective consciousness and everyone was to spend seven to ten minutes just deeply contemplating the answer to that question, what would it be? What are you so afraid of? That's my question. Hmm. You know, we've all, we're all afraid at some level. And what is it? It's individual, it's collective. Mm. Mm. I would love everyone to contemplate that. Hmm. Because a lot of the time it's it's our imagination making a story that we don't need to make if we just come back to mindfulness and just be in the moment. Mm. We don't need to be afraid. It's been absolutely beautiful talking to you. Today. Oh really? Yeah, cool. I've so enjoyed it. It's oh, been, thanks, Bruce. It's been such. I've a enjoyed it too. Good. Good. <laughs> I hope the listeners like it. We'll I hope they're out. interested. Yeah. yeah. It's been such a beautiful, hopeful, delicate conversation. Yet, I say delicate, but hugely powerful. Mm -hmm. mm. Really, And really... that's Psyche. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's Psyche. That's Psyche. <laughs> there we go. Mm -hmm. Am I describing the conversation mm. or am I describing Psyche? Yeah. I'll be thinking about that for the rest of the day. Yeah, good. Um, if people want to reach out and come and find mm -hmm. you, how do they go about that? Um, they will. They will do it. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you want to give them a practical steer. Uh, oh, I don't know. I don't Website. know. Yeah, yeah. Just um, no. Just put my name in. I come up eventually. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I just believe people come when they need to come and <coughs> something will, you know, it just happens. The right people choose the right therapist. Yeah. Debbie, it's been absolutely beautiful talking to you. <laughs> Thank Pleasure. You. Thank you.